The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. Welcome to the live stream devotional uh, for this Thursday edition. And it is great to be with you this morning. I also want to welcome you to Snowmageddon. To be honest, it's, uh, it's been crazy. What I mean by Snowmageddon is not just current one or two inches from last night. I mean the month of February. It has been a little while since we've had X this amount of snow. And every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, more and more and more. And uh, so it, it amazes me how something can be so beautiful and so backbreaking all at the same time. And uh, it is absolutely amazing. My younger son has been out making uh, good money shoveling snow for our neighbors. And it's been good. Both of them uh, have expressed the appreciation and the need. And uh, so it's been great in that area. But uh, well, I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're keeping safe and not overdoing it in the area of snow. I hope maybe you have a snow blower, which would make it even easier. And uh, we're, uh, we're doing well over here and having a good time enjoying the snow to the best that we can. If you're like me, I, I like the snow to an extent more this year than usual, believe it or not. I'm ready for spring. I'm ready for it to come out, even ready for 95 degrees in the summer, either way. Uh, but I'll probably be looking for snow once summer hits. It's just how we, how we do that, isn't it? Uh, we, we've been going through Genesis 41. I mentioned yesterday in the last couple episodes that as a couple of episodes ago, we started on this idea of recognizing and how to find the center of God's will. And uh, God gave me peace yesterday to continue in that. I mentioned yesterday we were going to continue in this idea today. Uh, so we're going to, still to an extent, augmenting off. We're running off a thought that we created when um, Joseph found himself sitting in front of Pharaoh. He found himself, uh, I'm, in the front, I'm in front of Pharaoh, and obviously all the things that took place over the last 13 plus years humanly now makes sense, and I'm glad I was faithful and patient. All these things must have been going through his mind as he sat there and gave God glory and gave the interpretation of the passage and was remaining faithful uh, when he could have easily been frustrated through any of those times. And so we talked about really discovering the way to be in the center of God's will, because that was God's will for Joseph's life, to protect uh, his people, to protect God's people. So uh, today we're, we mentioned we're going to talk about making proper, uh, making biblical decisions in the center of God's will. Now inevitably this is the third and we'll, we'll finish. We're gonna, tomorrow we're going to talk about how to stay in the center of God's will. But one of the things that I think um, and I, I could tell you is we could dig a lot deeper. We could break apart specific passages uh, between David and Abraham and Lot and different people and decisions they made and how you can really break down each one of them and how many of those decisions were poor. Let me give you some examples. Um, Lot decided to go towards Sodom and Gomorrah, but it started with the fact that they wanted to split. There was conflict between his servants and workmen and Abraham's, and so they had to split. They couldn't even get along. And then he, he faces his tent towards Sodom, and then he's outside of Sodom, then he's in Sodom. It was this slow progression, but it all started back, just like David did, in that first decision, a decision to do something that seemed to be okay, but ended up being catastrophic for him and his family. He ended up watching his family be burnt down with it. He watched his wife turn into a pillar of salt. All of these things. And could you say, Pastor, you couldn't have really seen that coming. Yes, you could have. He was told, uh, he had an opportunity. And here, here's the thing I would say with Lot. All the time they were traveling, you heard of Abraham created an altar. And he had an altar. And he had time with God. Lot did not. 
That becomes the key. He did not have God's influence on his life in making decisions. We talked about David. David was in the wrong place at the wrong time simply because he chose not to go to uh, the right place. Let's go back to the book of Ruth. Ruth, uh, he, he, Ruth's mother-in-law, that's how it started, uh, was married to a man by the name of Elimelech. And Elimelech was found himself in the middle of a um, famine, might likely, possibly during the uh, judges, times of judges, during Gideon, where it was a famine based upon the oppression of the enemy. And so they leave and they go away to a different land to find food. It seems to make sense. But ultimately, even though, by the way, even though God blessed in Ruth and God used Ruth as what we now call the kinsman redeemer, and there's so much about the grace of God to the book of Ruth. So please understand, I don't like people looking at the book of Ruth from the point of view of, you know, God worked in spite of all of the junk. Uh, Elimelech made a bad decision. He shouldn't have been there. But we see God's grace, and that's what you should pull from the book of, of, of Ruth. But you see that he made a decision, and we don't know if his two sons died because they were in the wrong place. Maybe they could have died in the famine. We don't know. What we know is the decision didn't solve, it didn't really solve the problem. We can evaluate that decision. We can evaluate all the different things that happened. David at one point decides the number of the people. And in numbering the people, it was a prideful thing. It was sin. And here we go again. And now tons of people in Israel died as a result of David's decision. Now we could go through character after character to character throughout Scripture and look at decisions they made and responses they made. And I don't want to do that today. What I want to do is I'm going to give you um, just, I think we have four or five thoughts, five thoughts on things that you should go through your mind when making decisions. And frankly, uh, they're, uh, they're very basic thoughts with some scripture behind them, uh, because these are the, these are the kind of the, the surface level things we should be doing. It gets deeper when you start looking into, all right, I'm deciding bigger things like who I'm going to marry or where I'm going to work, or am I going to move, or should I be in ministry? What should I do to help, you know, what, what other things does God want me to do? There's some deeper things we should do, and those deeper things require more specific advice based upon the decision being made. Having said that, in this scenario, all decisions that you desire to make should have most, if not all, of these things in them when making the decision. The first one is this. Never make a decision while discouraged. It's just never make any major decision while discouraged. And I'm talking major decisions here. Um, you know, we're all going to wake it up and get dressed, move on with life. Uh, but don't make major decisions while discouraged. You know, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we love to focus on trusting the Lord with all thine heart. But that second half is what I want to see for a second. Lean not unto your own understanding. Your own understanding is your knowledge of the situation, but your own understanding is also the emotion behind it. Your emotion is going to come involved with, with uh, there's levels of pride in some scenarios, level of betrayal in some scenarios, at least how Satan's going to deceive you on this. And he's, you're just going to be convinced things aren't the way they should be, that people have betrayed you, God's betrayed you, all of these different things things are going to come into play. And when that happens and they come into play, it's easy to become frustrated and discouraged. And then in that discouragement, there's part of us that wants to make a decision. Like, you know what? I shouldn't be in this spot. I shouldn't be discouraged. I'm done. I want out. And we do. We, we're almost driven to make life-altering decisions in the midst of the deepest, darkest time of our life. We're not trusting in God. We're leaning to our own understanding. We're leaning into how we view things to be how we view things are happening. And Satan deceives us. Didn't Satan tell Eve, has God truly said you can't eat of everything of the garden? Oh, you eat of this, you will not die. You'll, know, you, you'll, you'll be like God's knowing good and evil. He puts these th 
thoughts in your mind. And it seemed to make sense. Why else would God hold back on this? And it made God the bad guy. And, God, and Satan still works that way today. And it's easy for us to get there. So never, never make a decision while discouraged. Let me encourage you a couple thoughts if you're discouraged. Discouragement often follows, one, believe it or not, times of great victory. Times of great victory because you've been going through spiritual uh, valleys, spiritual battles often. You get to this time, you see this victory, it's exciting, and you know what happens? Uh, there's just drop, one of adrenaline, all these, other, all these other aspects. But, you know, Satan, I mean, when, when the Jesus and the three disciples came off the Mount of Transfiguration, they ran face into Satan, the demon-possessed man. So I hope we understand something, uh, that it's easy to, uh, sometimes discouragement hits right after a great victory. But when you do that, it often follows times of physical exertion, um, a lot of extra things going on emotional, uh, the cold and lack of sun right now really adds to all of that. And let me encourage you, one of the things you need to do in times of discouragement, take a break. Get right with God. I would say that. Get right with God. Be in His Word. Make sure that your mind is right with God and then take some time to rest if need be. Don't make a decision when emotionally overwhelmed. Um, so never make a major decision while discouraged. Number two, trust God's plan, including the present circumstances. So whatever's going on right now, there's a reason behind it. Now, here's one unique thing about that, and I've had to learn this. Um, I've been asked off and on throughout the years. Uh, let me give you an example. My wife asked me years ago, we were contemplating the will of God and how different things work. And so uh, we believe that, you know, when we, when we got married, that God had made it a plan for us to be married. Uh, when, when Angela was born, when I was born, God's plan was that we would come together and get married. And it was with uh, a one, if you want to use the, today's phrase. The problem was, let me say, the problem of the human nature was that dictated that she followed God's will all the way to move from Montana, North Carolina, to attend a small college in North Carolina. Uh, I had to do the same thing. You know, God moved us from Michigan to the Philadelphia area to move to a small, at that time, obscure college in North Carolina. And to meet this person, we both had to follow God's call to ministry, follow God's call to these different places. And there we were able to find that it dictated so many things, but really dictated us uh, being together. So a question she posed to me once was, if, let's say, I had chosen to not follow God's will, never met Angela, does that mean she's out of God's will because God's plan for her didn't show up to college? The answer is no, because God knows what's going on. Here, here's the entire premise with that. There are times when we make, when, when uh, we find ourselves in circumstances that seem unfair, seem frustrating. Sometimes we are, uh, I, don't know, I, like, I don't like to use the word victims, but we are victims of other people's decisions. Uh, we are, we struggle, we are, we have to deal with the result of other people's decisions, of other people sometimes not being in the center of God's will. When someone else is not in the center of God's will and they do wrong, they've been given an opportunity and they choose not to do it, that affects other people. So sometimes the present circumstances you're in is a result of someone else not being in the center of God's will. God knew that, by the way, though. And God's already got a plan in place for that. We could dig real deep and try to plan that out. I won't spend a lot of time in that now. But please understand, your present circumstances are not always necessarily you've done wrong. You need to make sure you're right with God. And they're not always, this was God's plan. No, God had a better plan and someone else in life chose not to follow it and put you in that spot. And that can happen. Well, in that case, still, you've got to find your way in that circumstance. What can God do even in a time that seems very, very unfair? So evaluate what God is doing right now and see what he's trying to teach you. So never make major decisions while discouraged. Trust God's plan, present circumstances. Both of those are just mindsets. Number three, seek out wisdom, 
We know this to be true. Seek out wisdom. Seek out wisdom from God. In James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, by the way, you can't seek wisdom unless you're willing to acknowledge you don't have it, but any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God the gifts to all men liberally and upbraideth not, it shall be given to him. You must trust in God. You must trust in the God who gives the wisdom, but if you lack wisdom and you are willing to acknowledge it, go to God. Seek wisdom from God. Seek wisdom from others. I love these two verses, Proverbs 11, 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You know, we often look at the second half, the multitude of counselors, there's safety, but I love that first half of the verse, where there is no counsel, the people fall. Lack of counsel brings uh, struggle. Proverbs 24, 6. By wise counsel shalt thou make thy war, and in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. We make war, we make major decisions after wise counsel has come to us, so seeking wisdom from God and from others. Number four, bathe every decision in prayer. If you made a decision and you have not spent time in God in prayer, it's not probably not a good decision. Uh, you pray and bathe every decision in prayer for wisdom and guidance, for clarity, Matthew 17, 20. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, now remember the disciples were not able to cast out a demon. They asked Jesus, why could we not do this? He says, verily, I say unto you, if, if you have faith as grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Verse 21, how be it this kind goeth that not out but by prayer and fasting. You cannot get the clarity you need. You cannot get direction from God unless you take prayer seriously, which moves from prayer to intercession and, yes, fasting. You have, many of us have sin areas in our lives that we wish God would move. Are we willing to take prayer as serious as what God dictated right here in this passage? So we bathe every decision in prayer for wisdom and guidance for clarity. Number five, be content where God has you right now. I'm going to be honest with you, probably the hardest thing. When we're making decisions, one of the things we want to do is we want to run out and make a decision. We're, we're done. We're frustrated. I'm out of here. Um, uh, and it doesn't always work. For, it doesn't work that way. For example, you're done with the job you're in. You don't like the job you're in, but boy, you, you want a better job. So what do you do? You quit this job because you're sick of it and hopes to find a better one. Well, I understand getting out of a toxic scenario. I also understand that now you don't have any money coming in and have no guarantee of money coming in. As, long, as much as you may not be a fan of where you are, you shouldn't eliminate something until it's been replaced. You should not eliminate um, the job you have until you have one to replace it. Going somewhere, just hoping to find something better. It's the whole grass is green on the other side concept. It may be, it may be AstroTurf. It could be a lot of other things. It may not be as good as it looks on the other side. So let me give you a breakdown again of these five thoughts. I wish I could give them in smaller phrases. That would be a little easier. But uh, these are five that I tell you, I know they're, they're level of surface, but boy, they're big for me. Uh, never make a major decision while discouraged. Number two, trust God's plan, including the present circumstances you are in. Number three, seek out wisdom from God and then from godly men and women. Number four, bathe every decision in prayer, including fasting. Do not make a decision without seriously seeking God. Then number five, be content where God has you right now. Now, frankly, if we wanted to, we could take each one of these five decisions and do an entire 15-minute episode, honestly, an entire Sunday night service on all five of these decisions, and maybe one day we will. These, again, at the surface level, but then we could dig so much deeper into practical application. Here's what I encourage you to do. 
advantage of recording this is you can go back and watch this and write these down if somehow I went too fast. But let me encourage you to make these part of the decisions you're making right now. But to be honest with you, it all has to come down to will I let God be in the center of all of this? Will I let him be in the center of all this? And that's one of the major decisions I will do. Decisions are not made haphazardly. Um, they're not made due to the circumstances I find, us, find, find ourselves in. Decisions are made because God has led us. And we realize that. That does not just go for preachers. That goes for everyone. And may we do everything we can to bathe it in prayer, be in the Word of God. What does God say about this? And then beg God for grace in whatever decision we know that He's come to. Thank you for joining us this Thursday on the Source of Truth podcast. We're so glad to have you with us. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Hope this was a help. As we go through these tomorrow, we'll finish, probably finish the thought we've had for the couple of last couple of days in the year of God's will, how to stay in the center of God's will. And hope you join us again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time.